Good morning. I hope you're very well. Welcome to the first of our online Zoom Sunday mornings as we look to do online church a little bit differently. As well as showing these talks over Zoom, we'll also be sending these over to Facebook and YouTube later on in the day. So if you're watching me on Facebook or YouTube, what on earth are you doing? Come along to Zoom, that's where the party is. 9.45 for virtual coffee. Check out jct.church forward slash Sundays for all the information that you need. So this morning I get the pleasure of kicking off our new sermon series, which I'm so excited about, you know. For the next four weeks, we're going to be doing something a little bit different as we um, have called this sermon series Pause, because that's exactly what we're going to be doing. See, as a team, we really feel like God's entering us into a new season as a church. God has been doing and is going to continue to do amazing things, but it just kind of feels like this is a significant moment. So we've called this series Pause because we just want to give four weeks to hear from each of the elders about what God's put on our hearts over this season. We're going to reflect on what God said and we're going to take stock before we get fired into a new season. So guys, strap yourselves in because it's going to be exciting. And you know, this is a rare opportunity for us because quite rightly, we normally preach through a sermon series. So this is an opportunity to preach without any sort of guidance or subject. And I think every now and then it's good to just go off piece, isn't it, and to hear from God directly. So I've called my talk this morning HD Living. Let me give you a bit of background though. See, if anything, the main thing that's happened to me during lockdown is that I've become a bit of a bookworm. Can you believe it? A miracle has happened and I actually enjoy reading. Like since March, I've probably read more books than I have in the previous 10 years. Which is great because it's something I've been praying for for a while. Like, God help me to read. I just want to be able to read books and enjoy them. So in reading, I've also been picking up my Bible a lot more. And that's nothing unusual. I'm normally quite good at reading my Bible. But I've been reading it in a different way. I've been really going through it slowly and in a lot of detail. So over the last few weeks, I've been going through the book of James. I'm actually doing a 55-day study on the book of James, and it's literally like a couple of verses per day, but really unpacking what they say and unpacking how they fit into the bigger picture of the Bible. And, you know, I'm absolutely loving it. Like, God has totally blown me away with this book. So this morning, I wanted to share with you what God's been saying to me and us as a church, really, from the book of James. Let me just give you a bit of background on the book here, though, to start with. See, James, the author, was actually Jesus' half-brother, which I'm sure many of you were aware of. And so he was literally as close as you could be to the action. He knew Jesus personally. He grew up with Jesus. They probably had that whole sibling rivalry thing going on. The second thing I say is this is probably one of the earliest books written in the New Testament. It was written to Jewish converts to Christianity who'd been scattered throughout the land. Written at quite an unstable time, a bit like 2020. 
And James writes this letter in quite a straight to the point, dramatic, telling it as it is style. Do I heard this described as a dad talk? Do you know like when your dad sits you down and you know you're in for it? Like my two are only little, but Eden's already experienced a dad talk once or twice. <laughs> this letter is direct and it's not pulling any punches. It can also be described as the Proverbs of the New Testament, a book full of wisdom and living life the right way. And the last thing to say about his letter is that he's writing to encourage a downcast people, people who've been separated due to persecution. It's written to people who are dispersed and separated away from their homes and their normal life. Maybe some of our international friends can really resonate with that. Hey, we're not able to meet in a minute. Maybe we can all resonate with that. It's written to scattered people. If I've not made it clear enough yet, this is a great book of the Bible. And I'd love to spend hours and hours just going through it in detail, like a whole day's teaching on the book of James. Maybe we can do that in the future, who knows. Um, but today I just want to focus on a little chunk from chapter 1, verses 22 to 27, and the words will appear on the screen in front of you. So do not merely listen to the word and so deceive yourselves. Do what it says. Anyone who listens to the word but does not do what it says is like someone who looks at his face in the mirror and after looking at himself goes away and immediately forgets what he looks like. But whoever looks intently into the perfect law that gives freedom and continues in it, not forgetting what they've heard but doing it, they'll be blessed in what they do. Those who consider themselves religious and yet do not keep a tight rein in their tongues deceive themselves. And their religion is worthless. Religion that God our Father accepts as pure and faultless is this. To look after orphans and widows in their distress. And to keep oneself from being polluted by the world. Now on the face of it, that can be quite a scary text, can't it? And over the years it's caused controversy. Is James being too legalistic? Is he denying God's grace and saying that real salvation comes from work and not from Jesus? Martin Luther, the famous reformer who nailed his points to the Catholic church and so starting the whole Reformation movement, he struggled with this book of the Bible for that very reason. For me though, I have no issue with this passage at all. See, James is writing to believers. He's writing to those who've already received God. And I think this whole letter is written from a presumption that people would have an understanding of God's grace and being saved by that alone. I think what James is doing here, and this is a bit that really hits me, it's as if he's saying this is a warning against lukewarm Christianity. It's like he's saying, hey, what good is a salvation that saves you and leaves you exactly as you are? If you've got faith, if you've been saved by grace, let's see it. Let's see it. And when we look at it like that, this passage is even better. This is a calling from God to us as Christians to really reflect on what it means to be born again. 
to be kingdom people and to live like it. He's calling us to really act on the grace that has been shown to us. And that's so true, isn't it? Like when we have a true understanding of what God's done in our lives, we want to go and share that with everyone, don't we? Like that's what motivates us. God's accepted me. He's given me a second chance. He's rescued me from my sin and my shame. Wow. I want to go out and live differently because of that. And the first few um, verses of this little section um, talk about not just hearing the words, but also acting on them. And that's exactly why I've called this little talk today, HD Living. Not just hearing, but doing. Hearing and doing, HD. Do you see what I did there? Look, real Christianity has to be about both of those things. We can't just simply hear the gospel and live comfortable lives in our little bubbles. Actually, it takes a decision to act. And Jubilee, I believe that that realisation and call to live differently is what God is prompting us with as we go into a new season. So the first part is about really hearing what God says about us. And James says in this passage that people who hear and don't act on God's word are like those who look in the mirror and then two seconds later they forget what they look like. They don't have a true understanding of their identity at all. In other words, they haven't heard the word at all. And that's so true. In Ephesians 2 it says that we are created for good works. God has works planned and prepared for us. It's not that we need to be justified by these works. It's just that a real understanding of his amazing grace will naturally lead to good works. But it has to start with an understanding of what we have received. Abundant life, grace that goes beyond understanding, adoption, forgiveness, acceptance. Those are the things you need to really grasp. Let me tell you, you'll never be a good doer until you become a good receiver. Let me say that again. You'll never become a good doer until you become a good receiver. You need to receive and understand what God has done for you and what God says about you. If your good works and trying to help others come from a place of trying to earn God's love, then you'll fall short always you'll never do enough good things you'll never help enough people you'll never give enough money you simply can't our good works need to come from a real awareness of what God has done in our lives and a realization that nothing can take away from that and let me tell you the further away your doing comes from your knowing the worse it is And that's the key thing I want to get across this morning. Know what God has done in your life. Know your identity. And you know there's a real warning in here as well about not being religious. And this is just another danger I feel like God's just like smacked me in the face with as I've been studying this. Like don't be religious. Don't try and do the right things because you feel like that's what you need to do. It reminds me of one of my favourite passages in the book of Amos chapter 5. Check this out. This is God talking to some religious people. 
And he's saying, I, I hate, I despise your religious festivals. Your assemblies are a stench to me. Away with the noise of your songs. I will not listen to the music from your harps. Gosh, this is real talk. Like God's saying, if the reason you're singing to me is empty, if the reason you're coming to church is based on guilt, if you feel like you have to, if you're playing religious and I don't want to hear it, I don't want anything to do with it, I don't want religion, I have no place for it. Give me genuine relationship any day. And that's what we need. Genuine relationship. And where does that come from? An understanding of God's grace in our salvation and the identity that he gives us. Jubilee, as we enter into the new season, as we start to come out of lockdown, let's not risk becoming religious. Let's lose those parts of church that we just do for the sake of it. Let's not be trying to please God out of guilt. Let's get back to our relationship with him first and foremost. And for me personally, I really feel like that's what's happened during lockdown. So that's the first part of what James is doing. He's telling us that we really need to hear God's word. The second part of this HD living which James is describing is about doing. He's saying that a genuine relationship with him will lead to action. Look at verse 25. Whoever looks into the perfect law that gives freedom and continues in it, not forgetting what they've heard, but doing it, they'll be blessed by what they do. And jumping on to the last verse, verse 27, religion that God our Father accepts as pure and faultless is this, to look after orphans and widows in their distress and to keep oneself from being polluted by the world. Can you see the result here? Genuine relationship with God will lead to doing. And what does doing look like? It looks like justice. To quote directly from the Bible, it looks like looking after orphans and widows. As it said in Ephesians, we're created for good works and that is what those good works are. They're about serving others they're about bringing justice and they're about helping people to have true freedom that is God's heart that is what God wants a genuine Christian walk will undoubtedly involve helping others in need we see that throughout the Bible let me just take you there from the Old Testament when the law was given to the people of Israel back in Deuteronomy 13 11 it says be kind to the poor then as Jesus comes and gives his new mandate on Christian living on the Sermon of the Mount Matthew 6 Jesus says clear as day help the poor and needy later on in the New Testament we see it in Galatians 6 do good to all and also in 1 John 3 let us love with actions can you see the point here we are called to help and serve others and I think at this time more than ever coming out of this pandemic people out of jobs people dealing with the loss of loved ones mental health issues on the rise the continued asylum cases that many face god is reminding us as clear as day that as a church we need to be out there serving others 
Our relationship with God needs to be outworked every day of the week in our workplaces, in our communities and in the people that we come across. Interestingly, it was so good to hear Jeremy speak in our online Devoted event last week, just really encouraging us as a network of churches to get out there and serve others and make a difference. This is our time. God is opening up opportunities. And let me tell you, it's no coincidence that God's placed us in one of the most deprived parts of the UK. It's impossible to go anywhere in Teesside without seeing needs. My question is, will we be empowered by God to meet those needs? Not just physically, although that's important, but also spiritually. Will we be pointing people to the ultimate answer, which is found in Jesus? I would go as far as to say that a true understanding of what God's done for us um, leads to the most natural thing in the world uh, being taking that to other people, especially those in need. And I think that's exactly what James is saying in this letter. He's saying uh, an orphan lacking family, feeling like they ain't part of something, like I'm part of something. I've experienced true adoption. I know what it's like to be loved by the father. Hey, I want you to know that. Come along with me. Or a widow lacking love, dealing with brokenness, being on the edge of society. I found a loving community. I found acceptance. I found love. You need some of that. Come along to church with me. Can you see what I'm getting at? This is 100% God's heart. Let me get back to that passage in Amos for a second about not being empty and religious. See, God talks about despising the songs and the actions of religious people. And then he goes on to say in verse 24, but... But let justice roll on like a river, righteousness like a never failing stream. In other words, I don't want religious people. I want bringers of justice. I want to see justice flood the streets of Teesside like a river. My challenge to you is just that. Do you want to be part of that? Do you want to live a HD life, having a true understanding of God and putting that into practice by bringing justice to those who are in need, by bringing love to the people who need love? It's a huge challenge, but I think you know the answer deep down, don't you? Like I'm going to be finished in just a little second, but I want to really pray for us first. First of all, that we can hear and we can know what God says about us. That we can have a real understanding of his goodness. Hey, maybe you've forgotten your identity in Christ. Maybe you've forgotten some of the grace that he's shown to you and you've been trying to earn God's love. Maybe you've grown weary and tired and fed up of trying to play Christian. God doesn't want you to feel like that. God doesn't want you to feel pressure to perform. God doesn't want you to be burdened. God wants you to have a true understanding of his grace on your life. Come back to him this morning. Just enjoy being who he's created you to be. Because the further away you're doing is from your knowing, the flatter you'll fall. And I really mean that. Do it this morning. Come back to God. Secondly, 
I want to encourage us as a church as we go into this new season, as we go into this next few weeks of hearing the heart of the elders, I want to encourage us to be people who go to be people who feel equipped to go, to be people who feel passionate about going, to be people who want to see this river of justice flood the streets of Teesside. I'd love to pray for that as well this morning. So Father God, I thank you so much for what James describes as HD living. God, I want to pray for each of us this morning. Would we have a true understanding and a true knowledge of what you've done in our lives, God? Would we have a true understanding of what you say about us and what you say that our identity is? Lord, I pray you'd lift burdens from people this morning. I pray you'd lift up weary eyes and weary heads, Lord, and point them back on you, Lord Jesus. God, I pray against any pressure to perform or feel like they've got to live a certain way to impress you, God. I just pray this morning for true understanding and true knowledge, Lord Jesus. And Lord, I pray for us as a church. Would you fire us up this morning to be people who go? Lord, I thank you that your heart is for justice. I thank you that your heart is to see a river flooding the streets of Teesside, Lord. We want to ask God, would you use us in that? We want to say, have our church, have our people. We say, God, would you use us to be bringers of justice, Lord? God, we love you. We thank you so much that you're a good father, Lord. Amen. Thank you so much for listening.